All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Welcome, everyone, to the Rich Koyang's podcast. It's that time again for our weekly sit-down with me and Dylan where we talk to you everything about the world of Yankee baseball. It's season three, episode 16, the Whitey Ford edition. Dylan, what is going on? Uh, Not much, honestly, but I'm feeling good after that win last night. Yeah, yeah, we're going to – you know what? We can touch on that win quickly here because we're not really going to recap it. Like I told you guys last week, we're going to stick to series that happened in the past. But just to recap quickly that last night's game, um, I felt very confident early and then not so confident and then confident and not so confident. And it was up and down all night. The offense is back, it looks like, though. Yes, at least Anthony Rizzo is. You know what? <laughs> I, w- I heard a stat today. I think it was on the Dan Patrick show where they said uh, – uh, that's the, the shortest distance that three home run, a three run home run. In other words, it's the shortest amount of average distance was like 350 feet for three home runs in a game in baseball history because of the short porch. I mean, one of them literally just got over the wall. The first the second, one. Yeah, yeah. And then the other two weren't far much over it. So those are Yankee stadium home runs, but you know what? Listen, I think they said he has what eight home runs now. Okay, yeah. He leads, He's got leads eight. the league. Yeah. Eight, seven, seven of them are at Yankee stadium. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, if this guy doesn't re-sign here, he's crazy. Like, if he opts out, which he's going to do because he's got the one-year player option, he's crazy not to come back. I mean, my goodness. And he's great for us. They should re-sign him. But anyway, yeah, it looked good last night. But listen, I don't care how they do it. There's going to be games where the offense has to help the starting pitching, and that's just one of those nights. You know, Seve looked what? No he was perfect. He was and perfect so, yeah. through like six. And, and then, then just the wheels came off. Yeah. Uh, it looked like the ball was flying last night, though. There's that's more home runs than I've seen in any game this year combined between two teams. So it is what it is. All right, let's get into the show. Um, your audio clips this week are going to be uh, the Yankee, mostly the Yankee Cleveland Guardians incident. Uh, we're going to get into it a little bit, and then Dylan's going to talk about it later on in the show specifics. But uh, that incident is going to be, I gave you both kind of versions of it. I gave you the Cleveland incident, the Cleveland Indian. Uh, Cleveland Guardians uh, view of it, their commentators calling it. 
and then I gave you a full recap of what kind of happened, and also gave you some audio of Aaron Boone talking about Garrett Cole's uh, big performance, and uh, Dylan, we can talk about the uh, quote-unquote smudge on the back of his pants later on too. But mm. All right, so let's get to the breaking news, roster updates, and it's funny because before this happened, me and Dylan had talked about how well Miguel Andohar looked in the spring, and then I was surprised with the expanded rosters that they didn't bring him up but they brought up pitchers. Um, and uh, in my baby bomber report, one of the highlights that I put down was going to be uh, his stats and how well he's been doing since he, he went down to AAA. And uh, for two days, I got, you know, we're in late night. I got all oh, the Yankees are calling up Miguel Andujar, but I didn't know why they wouldn't release what was happening. It turns out Aaron Hicks is on the uh, paternity list. So uh, Miggy is up and he's with the team and it's good because I think he fits right into what the Yankees are doing as far as being successful with the DJ LeMayhews, with the Kiner Falefas, with the Donaldson's guys that it can spray the ball over all over the field. I mean, it's a double machine. He kind of fits in perfectly for what they're doing right now. So I'm excited to see Miggy. Hopefully he gets some at-bats. We'll see. Yeah, right. I think it'll be good. I, 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 you know a, what? It's, it's unfortunate yeah, because – He's he, there's nowhere for him to play really. I mean, I guess technically yeah. he could be a backup third baseman. It seems like they've given up on him playing the infield. Um, everyone seems to forget he was a third baseman. Uh, it seems like when they do play him, all he plays is left field. But um, anyway, we'll see what happens. So I just hope Aaron Hicks doesn't come back a little rusty. That's because he, he was hot. He was looking good. He was looking very good. Yeah. Um, you know. It, at his age, but his performance wise, they'd moved him into that leadoff spot. He was looking solid. So yes, you're right. Hopefully, you know, having a kid doesn't take too much, uh, you know, let out of the pencil. So yeah, tw 12 hits this year already. So man, I'm looking at Rizzo's stats. What a start to the season, huh? Yeah. Jesus. Jeez. 60 up. He's already had 60. I mean, Ooh, 60 at bats already. The most on the team besides judge and Stanton at 62 and 63. He's had 17 hits, three doubles, eight home runs, and 18 ribbies already. That's crazy. Good mm. for him. All right, but we'll get into it. Um, let's see. So the MLB finally released the dreaded report that the league has been waiting to release on the Yankees as far as the sign-stealing allegation back in 2015-16. Um, and it basically was a whole lot of nothing. So to recap, and I'm not, I have the report here, but I'm not going to read it. Essentially, what it, what it boils down to is the Yankees got fined $100,000 for, and this is what they were doing, using the replay room to pass signals down to the dugout to then relay those signs if there was a man at second base as far as pitches that would be happening. Only when runner was at second base, and it wasn't real time. It was basically cracking their the the sign code and passing that information around. It wasn't pitch by pitch. Essentially, it said in the statement that the Yankees violated no rules. They were fined a hundred thousand dollars for breaking the spirit of the replay room, essentially. Um, and it, the reason they didn't break any real rules is because these rules didn't come into place until after two thousand late two thousand sixteen, which is why the Astros got in so much trouble because. The rules were put in place. They did it afterwards, and they did it in real time. They were doing it pitch by pitch. Essentially, it said that the Yankees didn't break any rules. They were fined $100,000, basically them and the Red Sox, for breaking the spirit of the rules. So it was a whole lot of nothing as far as this report was concerned. So for everybody, for all the Astro fans that were, oh, wait until this report comes out. You're going to find out you were cheating just like we were. Yeah, not so much. It didn't happen, which we should have known because the Yankees have been really vocal 
about ripping the Astros for the cheating. And there's no way that Brian Cashman and these guys would go out there and rip them apart if they knew there was a report coming out that the Yankees did the same thing. So, uh, can I just say something? Yes, absolutely. Uh, And to do it, it says they did it in 2015 and 2016. They're they're terrible those years. Those are rebuilding years. Yeah, it didn't it didn't really help them. Yes. Well, they finished second in 2015 in the AL East and lost to Houston in the wild card game. But Houston most likely could have been cheating there too. Who knows? Sure. And then 2016, they finished fourth in the AL East. So it didn't really help much either. Didn't help much. And like I said, it wasn't real-time pitch by pitch. It was basically deciphering the general code, essentially, is the, what the report yeah. said. And how often how often did they get on second base? And, yes, so bad. And, and, yes, and it only helped them if there's a runner on second base. And it only helped them assuming that they didn't switch up the signs. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it's a whole lot of nothing. Every team tries to steal signs. It is what it is. Basically... Uh, you just can't use technology, and that's why they got fined $100,000. Now, the Red Sox got fined even more because they were using, I guess, Apple Watches mm-hmm. to communicate it. So it is what it is. It's over. I'm happy that the report doesn't say anything terrible. And you know what? We can stick with the Astros are dirty cheaters, and that's it. All right. So um, the, 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 that's it for the breaking news, really. Uh, we'll get into our first topic. We're going to recap the Yankees and the Tiger series. The Yankees take two out of three. Um, The only thing that we really need to talk about this is, quite frankly, they were lucky to get two out of three. That first game was a gift, you know, with the drop ball, gave them a couple runs. But the only thing, listen, I'm happy. I'll take the series win. Absolutely. But uh, the thing that we got to talk about is the walking Miggy uh, with the open base when he's sitting on 3,000 hits. What are your thoughts on the Yankees giving him the free base rather than pitching to him there? Uh, It kind of sucks in his viewpoint there. Uh, you know, because he's so close to that milestone. And I'm sure he would have loved to hit it off the Yankees, considering that home run in the 2003 World Series there off Roger Clemens. So it would have been a little bit of history that repeats itself. But, you know, who cares? He got it in what, the next game? Yeah, he's going to get it regardless. Listen, well, here's the question. The question is basically, is it the Yankees' obligation to help him try to break a record? Now, this early in the season, you know he's going to get it eventually. That's not the question. They pitched mm-hmm. to him the whole series. Like, they didn't They didn't pitch around him. And, he, and even that game, he had already had, what, three at-bats, I believe, or two at-bats? Something Maybe like three, that. yeah. Because it was pitched, at the end of the game. Yeah, they pitched to him a couple times already. They went right at him. They didn't pitch around him. Listen, he got there was one game where he got, what, three hits. So yeah. they pitched to him the whole series. I understand a lot of people show up, but you know what? It's not the Yankees' job to make people feel good. They're trying to win ball games, and it was the right move. Now it didn't work out for the Yankees because a blue, you know, a blue pit right after that that happened to bloop in, cost the Yankees the runs. But honestly, I have no problem with. It. He didn't have a problem with it. He literally, they have him on video walking off the the field, con- trying to calm the crowd down because saying, "Look, it's it's the right baseball thing," you know. And he said all the right things. What a class guy, or at least he seems like it. Where he said, "Look, you know, I." I want to win, you know, even in his, his, his toast to the team afterwards, he's like, let's use this as motivation to try to win. So, and I like his comments, you know, where he said, he said something like, well, you know, uh, if I get my 3000 hit and we lose the game, I, it sucks. I'd rather get the win. So I don't know if he means that, but listen, guy's a great hitter. He's an all time hitter. The problem that I have with guys like this, and it's a small problem is they're clearly hanging around too long. Like he, he, 
if he didn't have that massive contract, he wouldn't be on this team. If baseball didn't have guaranteed contracts, he would have been released this year. Like no, no team would have put him on the roster. Like he's not a super productive batter anymore. He's going to be an anchor in that lineup. I'm sorry, even if he is a DH, there's a better player at that position that could be DHing right now for the Tigers. And the same thing with A-Rod. It happened to a certain extent with us with Jeter, where they're at the end of their career and we give them the extra year or two because there's milestones, there's things that we want to see, or because we're saying thank you for all the championships or whatever it is. Look, we paid A-Rod basically to go away <laughs> at the end of his year. We, we paid him 20-something million to be a special advisor, which was basically just go away. You know, Jeter, uh, listen, I'm super happy Jeter didn't end up going somewhere else to finish his career, but he was a below average player his last two years. There's no question, you know. So you say thank you, and it's a make good contract. And what else does Detroit really have going on except that they, they're playing young players right now? It's like one of these things don't belong. Like you got a bunch of young players that you're bringing up and you're playing your kids, and then there's this dinosaur in the middle of the lineup <laughs> that's still playing. And it just doesn't really make much sense, you know? And, and if you're doing it just for personal records, I understand it's a business and it's entertainment, but to me, you want to put the best, the best players out there to win every day. And he's not that. He's going to get a few hits. He's going to have a few good days in the sun. But for the most part, he's going to be below average at his position this year. But it is what it is. Listen, we take two out of three. Uh, that stadium is not a, a, a hitter-friendly park. It's a deep ballpark, um, and the Yankees were able to scratch and claw. The offense was still not awake during this series. Um, they were lucky to get out of there with two out of three. Dylan, what are your thoughts overall on the Detroit series? I agree completely. You know, lots of, you know, ground outs, lots of fly outs, lots of, like, terrible contact, so – you think the weather, do you think the weather it. has anything to do with it? Because it was chilly in Detroit. You think that the cold weather really has much to do with these these games, as they're saying? I mean, I don't really think. Because, like, the Tigers look way better, and they have a lot worse players, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's not even, like, really comparable. Like, you could say that they're used to that weather, but... It's funny because you know what seemed to get us going in that Detroit series was the bottom of the lineup. It was it was IKF. Yeah, that's when he Trev started to get was, hot. Yeah, it was Trevino. It was guys at the bottom of the lineup. And it's funny to me, like this Yankee team, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in the next series, but this Yankee team is perfectly set up. And, you know, as much shit as we give Brian Cashman and the Yankees, uh, the scouts or whatever that system is, this team is really set up perfectly to win as far as if everything works the way it's supposed to work. In the last couple of years, if it wasn't for injuries, I think they'd be set up perfectly too, because, mm -hmm. you know, you have, what were the Yankees lacking the last couple of years? They were lacking basic single hitters. Now there's this big controversy going around that MLB is doing something to the balls again. They got rid of the sticky stuff. The, the home run numbers are, are at a pace of 2013. They're so low right now around the league. And they're trying to turn it back into a different game. Pitching's going to matter. Base hits, moving runners over, small ball's going to matter. So what do the Yankees do? They go out there and they get a couple players that that's what they do. They don't redo the whole roster because they're built on home runs. But if you have a, a nine-man batting order and you have four of those guys that can get base hits, like a DJ LeMahieu, an IKF, a Donaldson, um, Glaber Torres, guys that can hit the ball around the field, and then your big boppers as your stands and judges and your rizzles to clean up. The team really is perfectly constructed offensively. It really is, and it's just a matter of time before they get going. Now, what happens when 
the DJ LeMahieu's and the IKS and those guys are struggling, then you're, it's home run or bust, and they look like the same old Yankees. So we seem to win when we get base hits. I mean, I don't know other, any other way to say it. That's when pretty everything else seems to work. It really is. You know, I think I think maybe these guys make it way too complicated. You can't have a team that's too heavy one way or the other. You know, you can't have yeah. a team too righty or too lefty. You can't have all home run hitters. You, I mean, and DJ, boy, DJ's look phenomenal this year. He really yeah. has. He's he looks like hit, past oh, DJ. Hitting the ball all over the field. Um, he looks really good. And like you said, Hicks looks good. Um, Isaiah IKF, is oh, eating up. Trevino, Trevino's going to end up playing himself into a starting catching role. Like he's hitting the ball well. I yeah. mean, he's never going to be a great, great hitter. But anyway, so that's the Detroit series. Uh, not too much to talk about. You get out of Detroit with two wins, you take it and you run. As far as what they played, they didn't deserve two wins, but I'll take it. So let's talk about the the main event, and that is the uh, the fireworks and everything that happened with the Yankees and the Guardians. Um, a couple takeaways before we get into specifics. Uh, listen. Garrett Cole, the most important thing in this series pitching wise for us was, was Garrett Cole going to look like Garrett Cole? He did um, in his start. Um, we can get into some thoughts and maybe why, but uh, they take the series 4-1, 5-4, and 10-2. Um, the bats started to wake up on that Sunday game for Garrett Cole, and they continued last night against Baltimore. But uh, listen, before we get to the actual incident, um, a lot of fight in those guys and, and the comeback win that they had. Um, was base hits. It wasn't home runs. You know, it was base hits. It was timely hitting by IKF. Were they down? I think they were down ninth inning to their last strike. Yeah. So, I mean, and then Glaber stepping up. Glaber looking, looking clutch, man. Listen, yeah. maybe that's give, gives him some confidence to get in there and uh, start being consistent because he had another hit the next day, but he's still, he's still teetering a little, a little shaky. Bit. Yeah. He's still. Yeah. So when he goes when he goes the other way, it's a good sign. Uh, Stanton struggling in this series, um, still struggling. Uh, Judge has been solid again. Boy, Judge just keeps plugging away. Every time I think that he's going to slow down, or I think that this might be a slump for him, he ends up having a a day where he bats out two in a row or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I was watching the game last night. Not to get off yeah. topic, but yeah, yeah. He, he looked pretty bad to start the game, and then exactly. He yeah. And then, and then his like last two at bats, even the the one that we made out, his he just crushes the ball. Mm-hmm. And then, and then of course he gets the home run. But I, I just think, I he, oh, he's a monster. He, he looks, he's he's similar to Stanton in a way where they look horrible when they miss, but they look great when they connect. Yeah, you know, and that's just what it is. But I gotta say, I'm more impressed than anything with Judge on his defense. He looks so good in center field, like to the point where. I, I'm almost lobbying, lobbying for him to be the everyday center fielder. Like he's, he just glides out there. He looks so smooth. Like it doesn't look difficult for him. He just, he just ease of, I mean, he made a play last night again, speaking of last night's game, that was not an easy play, but he made it look easy. He covers so much ground out there that, you know, I'm starting to think that he needs to be the everyday center fielder. He's played a great defense too. Well, do they say that it's easier to play center field because it's more like straight on hits? Is that a is that a thing? I guess yeah. They say the corners, you know, especially well. Every every stadium is different, but you know, Yankees are considered left field is considered the most challenging position because mm-hmm. it's deep and it's big. Right field would be the easiest because of the short porch, but center field, yeah. I mean, again, it depends on where you're playing. You know, Fenway's a different world. Baltimore's a different world now. It is what it is. I just, I mean, listen, 
he's versatile. He can play anywhere, although he never seems to play left. Um, I, I just, I've been really impressed. I know that guy can hit, but I didn't think he'd be capable of playing center field. And I could see him, you know, being an everyday center fielder. I really could. I know they're worried about him breaking down, but he's like a gazelle out there, man. He is really smooth. So, all right. So let's get to it, Dylan. The incident that happens, um, and I'm going to leave one of the topics to you for later on, but let's get to it. So the Yankees come back. Um, they have an incident with, with, the, with the Guardians, obviously. I'll take this approach for it. I'll talk about the fan part of it. Uh, the fans get upset after something happens and they start throwing bottles and stuff on the field. Um, all right. I, I grew up in the 80s going to games in the old Yankee Stadium. And I, I don't want to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but I remember going to a game, sitting next to a guy in the bleachers and him taking out a Ziploc bag full of batteries. And I'm and I asked the guy, what, what, what that, what is that? And he goes, Oh, in case I got to chuck it at the outfielder. So they brought batteries to the game to chuck at the fielders. Are we talking right? double A's? Or are we talking? Like these were, C's? these were, these were double A's. They weren't C's or okay. D's. They were, it was a bag full of like miscellaneous, like triple A's and double A batteries. Um, this was, this was also them. They also used to bring in like, uh, outside food, which I don't think you're, I don't know if you're allowed to do anymore. I mean, I'm talking about a yeah. bucket of KFC. Uh, <laughs> the bleachers were kind of, this was the old bleachers, section 39, uh, where you had a separate entrance from the bleachers. You couldn't get to any other part of the stadium. It was nuts. And to, to think back now, I have kids. I used to cut school and sneak and go to these games without telling anybody. So to think that I walked through the South Bronx in the eighties, uh, taking the subway and going to these games seems absolutely insane, but it was chaos out there. Like, I mean, they would chuck stuff. I mean, I, I, I was at a game where a guy peed in one of the bottles and threw the cup, threw the bottle at a player. Nice. That's like, classy. Urine. Like, so like the fact that they threw, and now my point was things are way different. Like you're not bringing batteries in. Uh, they don't even give you bottles anymore. They give you these like cans that look like bottles. They take the cap off so that, you know, you don't have a heavy thing to throw. It's completely different now. Now I will say this. It was a terrible look for the Yankee fans that did it. It was a horrible look. And one thing, I don't know if you saw the video a bunch. I watched the video and over and over again, there's one scene where there's a dad with his daughter and he's in the corner of where everybody starts throwing stuff and he sees the crowd starting to get out of control and he kind of grabs his arms around his daughter and starts putting her against the wall to kind of protect her. And as he's pulling her away, she gets hit with a bottle, not hard, but on the side. So it can get scary. Um, and a scene like that can turn uh, ugly very quickly. And the Yankees, uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron judge, if they don't run out there, and stop that crowd. That's pro that probably goes on for another 10, 15 minutes, and the field is covered in stuff. They hit an ump with something. Somebody hit an ump with a bottle. It's just ridiculous. It's stupid. Listen, I'm gonna let you handle handle the the Guardians guy, but mm -hmm. as far as the Yankees' perspective on this, it's bad. It, it was a bad look. It was a, it was not a classy look. It was ugly. It gives it gives Yankee fans a bad name. Um, not that we and, don't and, have one already. Well, yeah, and, but you know what? Honestly, that's 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 eight or ten knuckleheads. You know what I mean? That's and those, and that wasn't even the part of the field where it happened in. The incident happened in left field. 
This was right center field. And this was not the bleachers, by the way. Everyone is like, oh, it was the bleachers, the bleachers. Those weren't bleacher seats. Those are the seats in front of the bleachers. Those are expensive seats where those people were sitting. If any, if you know anything about the new Yankee Stadium, the bleachers are on both sides in ref, left and right center field now, and they're tucked away. They're physical benches. Dylan's been out there, I'm sure, right? Yep, yeah, they're not, they're not seats. Yeah, they're not seats. They're just benches. And they're tucked away behind good seats in front of them. So there are there are expensive seats on the outfield right in front of them. So, you know, everyone's saying it was bleacher creatures. That were not bleacher creatures or bleacher. I don't even think there are bleacher creatures anymore, to be honest with you. But that wasn't that wasn't bleacher fans doing that. that those were guys who paid, you know, 200 bucks a pop for those seats, throwing those bottles. And why? I just don't get why. We won the game. We won the game. All right, I shouldn't say that. I should. I take that back. I know why. You know why. Yeah. I know why. And I'm going to let Dylan cover that in a minute. We're, we're going to jump to Dylan's what's bothering Dylan because it, it goes hand in hand with this for a second. I know why it happened. I just don't excuse it. So uh, you yeah. know what, Dylan? You, let's go to what's bothering Dylan right now, and then we'll bounce back to what we need to because it kind of covers – Dylan's topic kind of covers uh, the rest of this story. So, Dylan, what's, what's bothering you this week, my friend? Uh, all right. Well, I'm sure you can probably guess, but it's going to be Miles Straw. You know, I mean, I respect him sticking up for his teammate you know, chirping back at the people on the field. But then he has the the cojones to climb the <laughs> fence and yell at people, yell at drunk people in the face. This guy gets paid, I don't know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to For play sure. baseball, right? Yep. And, he, and he's going to argue with drunk people. He's going to climb the fence and argue with drunk people. I, I just don't get it. Um, the only thing you're going to do is, like, you know, step up the issue. You know, it's only going to evolve into something else. It's going to escalate it. Did you see the fan video that finally came out? Yeah. Okay. What did he say? I forget what he said. Oh, you want to fight me or you want to punch me? Hit me? Yeah. Hit yeah. He yeah. wants to right, Tell him the guy to hit me. Yeah. Tell him the yeah. guy to hit me. Go ahead. He's going to he's going to argue with a bunch of drunk idiots. He's trying to get a drunk guy to hit him. Like, yeah. Hit me. Take a swing at me. So he's trying to make it physical. Yeah. So let me tell you something. Uh, absolutely 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 unexcusable and everyone was talking about how classless the yankee fans were that was all started by him climbing that fence yes that 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 doesn't happen none of that other stuff happens you know what and and the guardians who was the other outfielder what's that? i forget his name damn it steven but kwan the, the guy that missed no, it no not not kwan because he really didn't have any i mean he just got hurt good looks like a good solid ball player by the way excuse yeah. me by the way the other outfielder um Something with an N. I forget with an M. I forget his name. But his interview after the game, he sounded like such a bitch, like just a little whiny bitch. Like, oh, you know, it, it, it's terrible. You know, you don't root for somebody to get hurt. You know, this is this is Yankee Stadium. This is the Bronx. Like, you know where the fuck you're going to play baseball. You know what you're in. You're an outfielder in the Bronx. This isn't your first MLB game. You know what you're going to get. They were saying after the game, oh, you can chirp and say anything you want but you can't root for somebody to get hurt. No. Yes, you can. If he wants to root for Stephen Kwan's head to fall off, he can do that. <laughs> he can, as long as he's not trying to do it himself, he can say and do anything he wants. He paid his money for his tickets. If you don't like it, don't get into the game. This is the, this is the way it is at the major leagues. The stuff that these guys hear, uh, you don't think that Aaron judge hears it when he goes on the road to Fenway. You know, you've heard some of the things that the fans out yeah, in the bullpen and Fenway uh... say, yeah, Come Red on. Sox players are just as bad. If and, the and I'm stuff sure they say, and that's just the stuff on the Northeast. I'm sure there's random Kansas City games. You know, there's random Cleveland games. Oh, stop it! They sounded like little whiny bitches. Like, and not one of the Cleveland guys 
really excused his behavior for climbing that fucking fence. Yeah. Which, which pissed me off. So they were quick to jump on the Yankees. Oh, the Yankee fans are classless. What was his comment? Oh, the worst fans in baseball or something yeah, like that. The are worst you, fan base of the world. Are, are you fucking crazy? The worst fan base. In, tell me, tell me. Look at the soccer. Look at the soccer teams. People are get you like in the fucking kidding me. Yeah. The worst. We're, we get 45,000 in that stadium almost every fucking night. The worst fan base. Tell me what, what the attendance is in Cleveland. Or when you guys have a shitty team that nobody shows up. I don't want to hear that crap. That's ridiculous. Like, to, to blame it on the entire fan base when you know it was only like three drunk guys that were, that were the problem. And listen, I saw the video before they started bleeping it out. And I was watching the game live. The guy made a vagina sign to Quan. Like, you can see it with his hand. He put his hands up like a vagina, and he was calling him a pussy. Like, hey, get up and walk it off. I don't care. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. It's, it's not very classy. I, I will tell you this. When I don't know what year it was, but we played uh, the Mets in the Subway Series in the Bronx, and we were, we were beating the shit out of, of the Mets one game, and I had a few fucking beers in me, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, bring me Franco. I want Franco. I wanted them to bring John Franco in because he had said, said something the night before about the Yankee fans or something like that. And I'm screaming and yelling to the point where I was being obnoxious. And one of my friends had to calm me down, like, stop it. It was a weekend that we had went to Shea that year. And then we had went back and we had lost the game in Shea or whatever. And Franco had said something about all oh, the Yankees, the Mets fans are way classier than the something like that. You know what? Never address the fans like that. It's a no win situation. If you're a player, you paid your money. You can yell and boo all you want. Doesn't give you the right to throw anything on the field. Doesn't give you the right to try to touch one of the players. Could you imagine what would happen if that guy did the opposite and climbed down the wall to go after the outfielder? He'd be yeah. in prison. He'd be in jail. He'd be locked up. Three security guards would throw his face in the dirt. They should have They should have let the fucking – I wish they wouldn't have pulled him off the wall. They should have let him climb in the wall. And you want somebody to take a swing at you? What are you going to do? You're going to challenge – 200 people in the bleachers they will beat the living hell out of you and throw your body back over the wall i would have laughed so hard if oh. the first guy just like clocked him and he just fell right off the wall and, but and, and now think about what would have happened like so now the raw video comes out where that guy says oh hit me hit me what if he did hit him that guy would have looked like the biggest villain in the world they would have looked like yankee fan assaults player yeah assault you know what i mean yeah assaults a player and they would have pressed charges on him he would have went yep. to jail all this good stuff would have been banned from mlb games the rest of his life which i'm sure some of those guys who threw bottles will be but you know what this guy essentially was almost in, incited a riot by climbing that wall he really yeah. did like yeah. I, I don't i don't think enough is being said about that because you're absolutely right it was all him that did that it's just because I don't want to play victim, but everyone hates the Yankees and Yankee fans. It's just that's what it comes down to. Had it happened to a different team, whole different, whole different experience right there. And can I tell you, Dylan, you've been to the new Yankee Stadium. The new Yankee Stadium is not the old Yankee Stadium. There's a lot of fair weather fans there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of diehard Yankee fans, but the diehard Yankee fans honestly can't afford to go to a ton of games every year. It's expensive mm -hmm. to go to games, even to sit in the bleachers. You want to park or you want to drive, take the train down there. You want to buy food and stuff like that. The diehard Yankee fans can't go to every single game. A lot of those games are people who are fair weather fans. They're not real Yankee fans. If you sit there and actually talk to somebody in the stands, you're going to have to go through a few people until you find a knowledgeable 
a Yankee fan who's a real diehard. And I understand that's just part of doing business. That's part of having steakhouses in the restaurant, hard rock cafes. And I understand it's going to be different. I'm okay with it. But, you know, the Yankee fans get this rap of these, you know, late 70s, early 80s, crazy Yankee fans. That's not who's there anymore. Like I said, the bleacher creatures aren't really there anymore. I see the people doing the roll call now and it's kids. It's young kids. You're telling me they're life hard Yankee fans. These guys are in their twenties. I mean, what, you've been a Yankee fan since you're uh, nine. Like, come on, stop. I, 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 I'm glad we're on the same page with that. I don't think enough blame is going to that. And again, let me be clear, inexcusable to throw anything on the field. Yes. It's disrespectful to the game of baseball. Um, it shows that you don't respect the game of baseball. Everybody knows the rule of sports. You don't cross that line. Your ticket, you don't come on the field. When you come on the field, you get – that's the reason the security guard beats the living piss out of you when they come to – because it's basically an unwritten rule. You come on the field, you're going to pay the price. You're so, going to get speared. That's it. That's it. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. So, I mean, positive takeaways. Let's talk about um, Garrett Cole. Uh, he has the best start of the year so far. Um, he looks solid. I mean, he looked lights out. Um, the big controversy, I'm sure you heard it, is uh, the theory that maybe he was loading up the ball, had something on the back the of his mark pants. on his yeah. butt. Um, which I don't get because they checked him, I think, four times during the game. Mm-hmm. Literally checked his hand four times. So I think it was more that he was licking his lips because he kept going to his mouth. And when you're touching the ball, which has got mud and dirt on it, I, th- I don't think he was loading up the ball. I think he was wiping the spit off of his hands. But um, listen, he looked great. I don't know what it was, but whatever it is, he should do it again because he looked fucking <laughs> solid. And let's be honest, like they need to do something to let these pitchers get more control of the ball. I cannot remember a time when so many guys were getting balls thrown at their heads. It's yeah. fucking dangerous. What are they going to do? Like MLB has got to do something to protect these fucking batters from getting beamed. Do like, the pitchers even use the rosin bags anymore? I don't even really I see saw, them. I saw, I saw last night. I don't know if you watched the whole game last night. but No, I just watched of, like the first yeah, half. Towards the end of the game last night, because of the rain, it was drizzling off and on. They delayed the game, and the umpires, we couldn't figure out what was going on. Now the umpires are supposedly in charge of the rosin bags. It's not, it's, it used to be whatever stadium you're in, that team was in charge of it. Now they're protected and mandated because of the protection of not doctoring the ball that the umpires have to actually provide the rosin bags. There's one rock bag and one powder bag, I guess. Well, halfway through the game, I guess the rosin bags that were put out there got all shitty. So the umpires wanted new ones put out. So they had to delay the game and go into the umpire room and get two new bags. And you literally saw them break them out of the seal and they've got MLB logos on them. And I did see once they dropped the bags down there that Sevy went to both bags a couple times before he started pitching. So they, I guess some players do use it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I'm not smart enough to know what these pitchers need to do. I just know either they need to do something to the balls. I know they mud up the balls. They have a special mud that they put on the balls. So they're not using brand new balls. They do mud up the balls before the game, but something has to get done. Like you got everybody in the league throwing hundred miles an hour. Now it's Somebody's going to get hit in the head and get hurt and their career is going to be over. And you know, it, it, it what do you do? Like you got to protect your players. If you're the player association players association, I'm pissed right now. I'm like, you guys need to figure out something. Let them use something. I don't know what it is. Maybe you have um, a certain substance that's approved and you put it behind the mound. 
Like it doesn't have to be a pure sticky, sticky stuff. Maybe it's something like tacky or something. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I really don't have an answer. Could they raise the seams of the ball? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think they tried that a few years ago. Didn't they say that? I remember Tanaka for the Yankees saying that um, the balls were very similar to Japan's balls one year that he came to spring training and the balls were different. He said, Mm. I've been throwing a baseball my whole life this year. The balls are different. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. We'll see. That's not our call to make. That's not our call to make. All right. Let's see. All right. So I think that's pretty much it. We get the sweep, which is the most important thing. Uh, The guardians season puts us into first place at the end of that uh, series. Uh, right up there with the Blue Jays who are hot in the L East right now. Um, they're having some good games with the Red Sox right now, which I tried to tell everybody about the Red Sox and their pitching staff. They just don't have enough pitching right now. Now that they can't get pitching, but their bullpen is atrocious and they don't have enough starting pitching to compete right now. Speaking of starting pitching, our starting pitchings look phenomenal. How about Nestor? Huh? Yes. Nestor has been Nestor great. Cortez. I mean, nasty has been just, just that nasty. Like our pitching staff in general, if you want to take the last time through the rotation for all of them, they've looked really, really good. Really yeah. good. Our bullpen, same thing, looked really solid. I mean, last night they gave up some stuff, but taking last night out of it, like really solid, man. If we hit and our bullpen stays healthy, I think that's the biggest difference. If I had to, somebody asked me today, a Yankee fan said, um, what do I think the difference is right now? And I said, we're healthy. We're all healthy. There's nobody hurt right now. When is the last time you remembered it? Yeah, I mean, not a lot. When was the last time you remember the Yankees being completely healthy? Like everybody. Never. It's crazy. Like you see what's happening. There's always someone. You see what's happening to the Rays right now. The reason the Rays are struggling right now is because they're beat up. They're beat up. And look, did you see that report last night of the Yankees that left, that they're all on the disabled list right now besides Gio? Yeah, I saw Luke Voigt's out. (laughs) Luke Voigt's out. questionable play at home plate. Gary Sanchez is on the injured list. And um, who's the other one? Uh, Clint Frazier. So yes. Frazier, Voigt, and Sanchez are all on the IL. If they're Yankees this year, we're back where we usually are with all these guys being hurt. So, you know, I think this is a good thing. Look, Rizzo's essentially in a contract year. We know uh, Judge is in a contract year. So Gallo, they, right? Yeah, Gallo. Gallo. Yeah, I don't – I honestly, unless he has – I know he hit a home run last night. And did you see the fans tried to cheer for him as next time up? If uh, it's funny because they've been booing him the whole time. Did you see the team give him the silent treatment? Yeah, I saw yeah. that. So his next time he comes up at the end of the game, which he struck out again, the fans <laughs> started to cheer for him like sarcastically. Uh, I don't, I don't think he comes back. For no, no. Uh, they, unless, I unless that. he, I mean, unless he lights up the world and we lose Judge, um, I, I don't see a scenario where he comes back. I, mean, I could, I, I love see Joey him. Gallo. I love his personality. On, on, on I paper, love, yeah. And on plays. paper, he's what we need. But I, I don't see him coming back. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it just seems very sunny grayish to me. Just seems yeah. like a guy that's not going to make it. Now, listen, I could be wrong and he can go on a run. It's still very, very early. And like you said, he's got a great personality. His teammates love him. So he could get hot and we could be saying a completely different thing. But his problem is he seems very. You remember uh, Stanton's first game with the Yankees? I think he struck out four times. Um, he was horrible his first couple of weeks with the Yankees, but he has the temperament to handle it. Like he just, he has a straight face for every interview. He's just like, uh, I'll be fine. 
nope, it's fine. And he goes, what do you think them booing him? He goes, ah, they should boo me. I stink right now. Gallo, it looks like it's getting in his head. Sonny Gray, it looks like he gets in their head. So I don't know. I could be wrong, but it doesn't look like he's built for this uh, this New York lifestyle. But we'll see. You know, it's very early right now. Luckily, you know, he got a home run last night. Maybe that gets him rolling. We'll see. Any more uh, takeaways on the uh, Guardian series, though? Uh, not really. Just that play by Nestor where he dove in the first base. Getting dirty. Nestor is diving. <laughs> Nasty, dirty Nestor. Nasty, dirty Nestor, man. I Listen, I, I had another conversation with somebody the other day about this. and They said, he said, why is that Nestor effective? And I said, because everybody in the league hits fastballs now. And he's not throwing heat. He's mixing up his styles. He's throwing changeups. He's throwing off-speed stuff, and he's just keeping people guessing. Like, yeah, he changes his windup yeah. like every pitch, and it's different because these players are used to just guys coming in throwing gas, and they gear up for it. Listen, to hit, first of all, I could never do it. I played high school baseball. I played little league baseball. All that good stuff. We used to get in batting practice, and our uh, pitching machine in batting practice went as high as eighty-five miles an hour. I couldn't touch it. I couldn't touch it. I physically could not make contact, maybe foul a couple balls off. And this is in my peak prime baseball condition in high school. Um, I couldn't do it. So to, to try to square up a barrel up a ball that's coming in at a hundred miles an hour, you have to literally start your swing before the ball's out of his hand. That's incredibly difficult to do. So all credit to any major league baseball player that can hit a ball in general and double credit if you can hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. So I understand why these guys have to go up there looking fastball and gearing up for it. This is why I think, honestly, I think closers are going to be junk ball pitchers. I think you're going to have a successful closer in the next couple of years who doesn't throw over 92 miles an hour. That just throws junk because these guys are going to be used to for eight innings dealing with guys that throw hundred miles an hour. And now this guy's going to come and throw something completely different and they're going to be off. They're not going to know how to react to it. I, I, it, listen, pitching is making a comeback. Actual pitching, location, tricking batters, setting batters up. For the last few years, it's been just throw the ball by people. Yeah. And now batters are reacting to it. That's why Chapman struggles as much as he does because everybody can hit that now. You got to come up with other ways to do it. You got to have a good breaking ball. You have to. I just remembered. Right. There's something else I want to bring up. Yes. Michael King. Yes. We forgot to talk about Michael King. I, I think, listen, and and he's been – there's a couple guys in that bullpen that look like they could be potential starters down the road. I mean, that bullpen is, I mean, stacked. I mean, right now, first of all, starting rotation has been great. But, I mean, Castro's looked solid in that bullpen. Uh, mm-hmm. King, uh, Holmes has looked incredible. Last night, uh, some struggles. But, I mean, overall, that bullpen, I mean – there's nobody in that bullpen that they bring out where I worry about. But honestly, <laughs> out of the entire bullpen, Chapman is the guy that I'm most scared of. Chapman and then I guess maybe Green a little bit. And he and Chapman's been pretty solid lately. He He's has been lately. One bad he has game. been. He has been, yes. But honestly, I, I I look at those guys, even like a Wandy Peralta or a Clark Schmidt, like these guys solid. Just they do their solid. job. Yeah. They come out there and they get it done, man. They've got arms for days. Now we're coming up to the end of April here where they're going to have to let two of these guys go. So mm. you got to figure they're going to let a position player go probably and a pitcher go um, right now, officially on the roster, as far as bench players are concerned, 
Tim LaCastro, who's been solid. I love him as a back. I love him as our new Tyler yes. Wade. I love him. The speed. Uh, he gets in the game and just think good things happen. He hit a big home run the other day. But He was the care. reason we won that game. With, uh, yeah. Oh, without a he, doubt. Because he stole and then he scored on Isaiah's. Uh, he, he's instant instant offense. And one yeah. of, I, I, they say he's one of the fastest players in baseball. So, yeah. Um, I would say that they would probably send down. Eh, I'm looking at the roster right now, trying to think what pitches they would send down. Yeah. I mean, Ron, that Mar- Marciano kid probably might, would get sent down if I had to guess. I would probably say he would go down. He's got options. And then if I had to say uh, an infielder right now would be probably be Miguel Andujar that they would send down or a backup player. But once uh, Hicks comes back, I don't know who the other guy you send down is. I'm afraid it would have to be LeCastro again because they love Marlon Gonzalez just because he can play short and play everywhere else. So I guess the odd man out would have to be LeCastro again. I see him being that role this year where he's up and down like four or five times this year. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, listen, I'm happy with the entire, the entire roster so far. I really are. There's nobody I can look at and say, I'm disappointed with them this year. All of them have showed glimpses and flashes of uh, being good. And the good thing is guys are peaking at different times. You know, if IKF can play like this all year where he's, and I don't need him to hit 300, but he is, but you know, if he can play solid like this all year, I mean, I guess the only guy you'd really be disappointed offensively besides Gallo would be Higgy. You know, Higgy's batting 111 yeah. right now. 111. You know, and, and just just he looks lost at the plate. Looks lost. But I mean our our, our overall most productive batters, Rizzo and IKF right now, and then Judge, like solid, solid. All right. Let's get to our bomb, baby bomber report real quick. Just a quipple, couple quick highlights. Uh, the Tarpons are six and nine right now. Uh, Domingo, uh, the Martians struggling. His batting average is down to 224. He's only got one home run. He has not looked great from all reports. Um, the team isn't that great. But then again, listen, a team not being great in the minor leagues, your your guys are coming and going all year long. So you never really get to get a super amount of chemistry going. But I mean, it is the Yankee affiliate. They do have uh, one of their top prospects down there and they do have Rachel at the helm. So I always do try to check in and see how they're doing, but um, not great. Um, a little under 500, the renegades eight and seven on the year so far The Somerset Patriots, nine and six uh, Volpe. It's one sixty-three batting average with two mm-hmm. home runs, not looking great. You'd hope for him to maybe speed up and make that jump to AAA this year, but playing the way he is, that's not going to happen. And the big performers for the Rail Riders was uh, Miguel Andohar. He's batting three forty-seven with three home runs down there, which is a reason that he got called up. So that's what's going on down in the minor leagues. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I will be going to some games. Uh, the Tarpons actually come down to my neck of the woods next week, so I'll get to see them again or the week after, something like that. But all right. Let's go to the mailbag questions. And again, guys, thank you so much for your uh, questions. Oh, on the show, in case you haven't noticed, um, last week's episode did have a commercial. Um, If the commercial sounded kind of dated, it was because it was an old commercial from about a year ago that I recorded. And it was basically just kind of like a test or a filler because uh, this week's episode will have a commercial in it. Um, The old commercials will be replaced by this new commercial. Guys, it's literally one 45-second spot. Um, I, I know it's frustrating. I know I listen to a lot of podcasts. I hate ads, 
But uh, it is what it is, guys, and we're just trying to test it and see how it does. If I get a ton of negative feedback for it, we can always pull it. Um, I promise you it's not a ton of money. It's very, very, very minimal. And we're uh, trying to do more giveaways. Yes, yes. And me and Dylan were talking about the, the record today, what we're going to do with it. It's not putting it in our pockets. We're not using it for, uh, you know, beer money for the weekends. It would be for giveaways. It would be for, like, you know, maybe get some hats or shirts made up, stuff like that, or better equipment, or maybe the ability to do some stuff on the road or something like that. Um, and that's a long time away. We're talking about we're going to see how this one ad goes. Um 45 seconds guys and not the end of the world if uh, we can get through it and things are going well and we continue to grow the audience like we're going maybe we can talk about some stuff later on but just wanted to be uh, up front and let you guys know that there will be one ad per show on there um so i appreciate your patience with that but um i appreciate the feedback please continue to send it on all the socials i will i got called out on um somebody I didn't write the name down, but somebody, a couple people have called me out on this saying that um, I don't do enough on the socials. And I don't, I definitely don't. I generally just put, hey, there's a new episode up. Here it is. Here's the link or whatever. Uh, I think somebody told me on Twitter that I have to uh, start tagging, you know, Yankees and podcasts and a bunch of other people. And I'm just putting it on my feed, which means only our followers, people who are following us on Twitter, see it. So uh, I'll try to do a better job on social. It's just, it's, it's a time thing, guys. Me and Dylan have other lives. We have full-time jobs. This, this isn't paying the rent. So um, we do, we do other things. I will try to get better at it, I promise. But that being said, richcoryanks at gmail.com. If you have anything you want to send the show or you want me and Dylan to see uh, and all the socials, you know, Rich Coryanks, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that good stuff. So let's get to our first question. It's from Janet from Brooklyn. Janet, thank you for checking in. And it says, uh, with what happened this weekend, what do you think MLB should do to punish the fans who threw things on the field? Good question, Janet. Thank you, Don. I'll let you go first. What do you think the punishment be if they can find out which fans did what? Uh, if they can investigate and find out what fans did what, I think it would vary based on what they threw or should. Um, I don't know if they should get banned for life, but banned for a substantial amount of time, if that's possible. Um, you know, you don't want to see it. You don't want to see players possibly getting injured by stuff. It doesn't look good for the sport. I think just a, a small, maybe couple year ban. Yeah, I'm, 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 I am of the school of thought. Once you throw something on the field, you're ejected, obviously. Yeah. And I think they have the right to ban you from, for, and how do you do it really? Like, how do yeah. you ban somebody? What are you going to put his if, picture up? There's 45,000 people coming to the game. Like, you can maybe ban him from, like, buying officially tickets from the Yankees, put his name, like, on a no-fly list. But honestly, like, the guy can just get tickets from somebody else. So let's be honest. Banning him from life isn't really doing anything. It is what it is. But, yeah, I don't know what you do. I mean, they put more security in the outfield. I know that. Um, you try to watch stuff. But you don't want it to get to a point where they're putting screens up around the entire outfield, too. Because that's the only way you stop it is if, like, you know, they put the screen up on both sides around home plate going all the way up to third and first baseline now, protect people from getting hit. Wow. As we're talking right now, I just got to say that the Cardinals pitcher just literally almost hit somebody in the head again. Missed it by inches. Oh, the game's right now? The game's right now, yeah. It's two to one in the uh, <clears throat> second inning. But, uh, yeah, he just almost plunked somebody again in the head. Anyway, um it's uh looks like Lindor uh, somebody anyway I mean miss his face by inches 
Um, anyway, um, I think that's the only thing that you can see happening. If it continues to be a problem, the Yankees will put a screen up in the outfield. They'll put a fence up. They'll put like a, a mesh screen. So you'll have, you'll be, you'll, you'll have more detachment from, from the games. And you don't want that. You want that experience. You want to be able to get close to the players. You want them to be able to hear you talking shit. So um, there's really not much more they can do besides that, you know, uh, press charges on these guys. If you get them out, I'm okay with that too. You know, if you need to take one of these guys and say, listen, you know, um, you, we're pressing charges. We're pressing felony charges on you. Make it a serious thing. You know, charge them with assault or attempted assault. If you're going to try to hit a guy in the back with a bottle who's not looking, why is that different than if you're walking down the street and somebody throws a bottle at your head? You know, it's really the same thing. So, Janet, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Um, I think MLB is trying to do everything they can without taking the experience away from the fan. And we'll have to see. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. You know, hopefully we learn from it. So, um, all right. The complaint department really isn't a super complaint. It's from Beansy26. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you two Yankee apologists won't say a bad word about your wonderful Yankee fans for the disgusting actions this weekend. I 100% agree with straw worst fans in baseball. All right, Beansy. Well, Beansy, your name is stupid, first of all. You sound ridiculous. You sound like you live in your mom's basement and you have Cheeto dust on your chest. Let me tell you something. First of all, me and Dylan talked about it. We absolutely blasted the Yankee fans who did this. We think it's, we think it's ridiculous. We think it's bad. Clearly, uh, we're knowledgeable, rational fans most of the time. Um, and we kind of covered this. If you think the Yankee fans are the worst fans in baseball, you're clearly not a baseball fan. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, you want to have a debate? I live in South Florida now, and I can randomly bump into a, a Yankee fan down here and have an hour-long hour, hour long conversation about Yankees from the last 30 years, you know, because they're real fans for the most part, and these guys know their baseball. They, they know what they're talking about. They're passionate about it. And how can you how can you hold you know a game that had 45,000 people on for three or four idiots in the in the crowd? You're going to say that's all Yankee fans now. If 45,000 people started throwing stuff on the field, I would agree with you. I would say, boy, these Yankee fans are assholes. That's not the case. You know, a 0.0.1% of the fans acted up and you're looking at that and saying, oh, you know, this is what happened. And again, leaving out the fact that this guy scaled the outfield wall and, 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 and challenged the guy in the stands to a fight. So uh, I think it's less about the bad Yankee fans and more about the bad judgment of this, this stupid uh, Cleveland outfielder, you know, straw worst fans in baseball. Get the hell he's out a, of here. And he's a, a past Houston Astro. So yeah, even well, more reason makes, makes more sense. Yeah. Cause those are great. Those are great. Great guys. <laughs> makes me makes me sick. Beansy, you're an idiot. Like clearly you're an idiot. And we're not Yankee apologists. When the Yankees do something stupid, we're the first ones to bash them. You know, me and Dylan are not out here just say, oh, the Yankees. We're not Yankee boys. We're not we're not gonna defend everything they do. If they do something stupid, we're gonna kill them. If they do something ridiculous, we're gonna rip them. If they're playing bad, we're gonna rip them. This is not a Yankee love fest. You you trust me. Uh, wait until the Yankees go on a losing streak and, you know, Gallo's still not hitting home runs. And he's, you know, I'll be killing him just like everybody else. We literally just talked about how he's not going to be a Yankee next year and he needs to go. We're not, we're not unrealistic Yankee fans, Beansy or whatever you're, uh, Beansy 26. I hope there isn't 25 other Beansies out there and you had to pick 26. There might be. Ridiculous. There, I don't know. There might be. I agree. I will. You know what? I'm going to be calm for a second. I agree. They were disgusting actions. 
There's no place in baseball for throwing stuff on the field. Okay. But to say that the Yankee fans are the worst, you're out of your mind. Go back and watch some history. Watch uh, Paul O'Neill's last game in Yankee Stadium and tell me those are the worst Yankee fans in the world. You want to talk about smart, intelligent Yankee fans, these fans who got up and gave uh, Severino a standing ovation when he got pulled in the game because of his great pitching performance, even though he just gave up a bomb. Those are knowledgeable, smart Yankee fans. Those aren't bad fans. Bad Yankee fans don't stand up and give him a standing ovation because he almost pitched a perfect game through six innings and then gave up a home run. They're smart fans. They're knowledgeable fans. Trust me. Trust me. I am way smarter than the Cleveland fans. I can guarantee you that. And then and then look at the Oakland A's fans. There's more people that go to the minor league games than there is the major league games. Bags, so bags over their heads. I mean, come on. Now, listen, I, the Yankees have had downtimes, too. You know, I grew up a fan in the 80s when there were a lot of empty seats at Yankee Stadium. You know, that had a lot to do with the neighborhood and stuff like that, too. But the Yankee fans are there. I, look at Tampa. I, I keep going back to Tampa because I live down here. They have to tarp off the entire top of the stadium because nobody goes. And that team's been good for five, six years straight. You know, in contention to win the, the winning the divisions or in contention for winning the division for six straight years, and nobody goes to the games. They draw about seven thousand fans a game in a stadium that holds forty. That's embarrassing. Yankee fans are the worst fans in the world. Get the hell out of here. Go to a Marlins game. Go ahead and try to talk to a Marlins fan. A brand new stadium that the that the the state just paid for for them, and and nobody no goes, goes to the games. I mean, uh, but I mean that's all over baseball. Like, what stadium is packed in April right now with great fans? The Yankees have the highest attendance. I guarantee it. I'm sure it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so call me out. Mets are always pretty full, too. Don't tell me that. Let me tell you something. New York fans in general, New York baseball fans, because New York is probably the last state where baseball is a way of life. Um, as far as this, listen, it's baseball is dying in a lot of parts of the country where basketball is taking over, football is taking over, but not New York, my friend. You ever, you're clearly not from New York to, to say this, but I ch- yeah, Beansy, I challenge you to go to New York and walk around the city for the day and you can have no, you can have as many intelligent conversations about baseball all day long as you want. Go to the deli, go to the pizza shop and talk to somebody. They might be a Mets fan. They might be a Yankee fan. They might be a, a San Francisco Giant fan because they were New York Giants fans back in the days. They'll talk to you about baseball to your blue in the face. And they all have their favorites, but they're knowledgeable fans. Don't give me the shit that they're not, that they're, they're bad fans. Cause that's just, that's just a crock of shit. So beansy go to hell. I don't care. You're an idiot. Anyway, on that note, listen, let's leave it on a positive note. Yankees are playing well. Um, let's keep it rolling. We've got a, a series that we're in with Baltimore right now. A sweep would be Take really advantage. good with Baltimore. Yeah, we need to make up for, for losing that series in Baltimore. We A sweep really just gets us back where we should be against Baltimore. Again, I'm not one guy that, that roots for sweeps. I told you guys that I want two out of three. Two out of three all year long, and that'll win you 100 games. You can do two out of three, you'll win 100, and you'll be fine. That's what the Yankees need to do. So let's take care of, of business in Baltimore. Then I think we go out to Kansas City, and then we go to Toronto. Um, oh, I didn't even mention it. Did I mention the COVID thing? I don't think you I did. Know I mentioned I mean, you know what we I talked mentioned about it before, before yeah, the show. Before we recorded, uh, it came out this week that uh, all the Yankees are vaccinated. So they'll all be set to go uh, to Toronto when they go to Toronto next week. Uh, We were worried about that. We were kind of curious to find out who wasn't vaccinated because clearly if they didn't make the trip, we'd find that out. But as of uh, a couple of days ago, all the Yankees are vaccinated and will be in Toronto. So we're ready to roll. So Dylan, 
Good show. I am happy. The Yankees are they're hot. We're in first place in the AL East. We're or, sitting good. We're tied. We're sitting pretty. Let's let's kick some uh, Baltimore butt tonight, and then a day game tomorrow. A businessman special, and then we're off to Kansas City. Um, I like Kansas City Stadium. That's the stadium I would like to get to. Yeah, that stadium Kaufman. looks cool, Kaufman. Um, but that's uh, we'll talk about that next week. So next week we will break down. Um, the Baltimore and the Kansas City series. Hopefully, we'll still be talking about the Yankees playing hot, the offense still humming along, and uh, everything's right in the Yankee universe. So, anything else, Dylan? No, that's it. All right, guys, listen, all jokes aside, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, we've doubled our listenership in the last couple months. Let's continue to continue to grow it. Tell people about it. Um, comment, subscribe, anything that you need to do. Um, and we're just happy that you enjoy the show. So for Dylan up in uh, New York, me down here in Florida, I'll say uh, have a good week and go Yanks. gentlemen can i please have your attention i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen cannonball Initially, the Yankees were going to win, and then it looked like the Guardians were going to have it. Yankees and the Guardians are in a pretty good game. Guardians are up by one in the bottom of the ninth inning. Donaldson leads off against Classe. 99 inside ball, 98 outside ball, 98 outside ball, 99 low. That's a leadoff walk. They pinch run Tim Castro. He's fast. He immediately steals second base during Hicks's at-bat. Hicks gets out. Gallo gets out. They're down to their last out, and it's up to IKF. 100, that's a strike. Doesn't get called a strike. 99, kind of the same spot that gets called a strike. One and one's the count. Fouls back the 100-mile-per-hour pitch. 1-2, strike away from winning the game. But Kiner Falefa says, no way. Takes the 100 and puts it up against the wall. Quan with a great effort, but Tilo scores. The game's tied. Quan's busted up. Kiner's ecstatic. Look at this effort. If he caught that, would have been a game-ending catch. Goes face-first into the fence there. So that's uh, like a, just a metal fence. And it's not a soft surface behind it. And you can see him say here, one Yankee fan, 
yelling some ridiculous shit, celebrating the fact that he got hurt, maybe rooting for him to be more hurt than he was. And you can see Mercado here step around and go address people in the outfield. And then you can see Straw and Mercado trying to defend their buddy Quan, pointing out the guy who's saying it. And then Straw is going to climb the fence to get in his face. And one of the guys in the gray shirt kind of backs up a little bit. Now here's Mercado and Straw's take on all of this. Quan was a little shaken up and had some cuts in his face. And there was a specific Yankee fan in left field that that was uh, celebrating Quan getting hurt. You can't say stuff like that, especially when someone someone gets hurt. So I just let him out. I was like, listen, man, you can chirp all you want, but don't celebrate someone getting hurt. That's classless. That shouldn't be a thing. Quan is the nicest guy on the planet, and that's my teammate. That's my brother. And um, some of the things that were said to him just for me wasn't going to fly. So... You know, my emotions got to me a little bit, but, um, you know, at that point, I feel like as a Yankees fan, you got to be excited for your team. You should be cheering, and you should never prey on someone's, you know, you guy went head first into a hard wall. Um, there's no business for saying the things those guys said to him, and, um, you know, it got to me a little bit, and I, you know, I said what I said, and, um, I, I, you know, if I were to do it again, I probably would have said the same thing. That's my guy, and, uh, you know, at that point, just cheer. You know, be happy your team tied the game up and uh, be a normal baseball fan and just enjoy what's going on. They can chirp all they want, but when someone's hurt, just you should you should never really talk the way you, they were talking to him. So obviously, we don't know what he said, but we know that the kid behind them is throwing up this like pussy sign. Which maybe I mean, if you throw that up, it's it pretty much confirms that you are what you're accusing others of being hiding behind someone throwing that, thinking it's something, and then the guy that's been filming it. And hey, where's this footage, dude? You have some cool footage. Trying to get like a fist bump out of him as he leaves. Just a bizarre scene. You can see this woman up here. She's like, why are, why are we doing this? And these guys are talking shit. Now, who knows what Straw said? Probably like, shut the fuck up. Don't talk shit to an injured player. I, it seems like that's what they're saying. And then these guys, these, these three guys, man, they just couldn't be more proud of themselves for doing nothing at all. The guy throwing up the sign stays throwing up the sign like, he's doing something cool, just the least cool thing he could do. Look how proud of himself he is. And then he's going to throw it again. Man, what a loser. The umpires come over, and they're like, all right, you're good, man. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, they were wrong. Mercado's talking to the other ump, letting him know, like, ask him. Ask him. He'll tell you. He'll tell you what he said. Meanwhile, the game's still going. It's tie game in the ninth. There's one out left. Glaber Torres, five career walk-off hits, most in MLB since 2018. He's pinch hitting against a dude who throws 101 on the first pitch. Strike one, that's a ball out on uh, an off-speed pitch. Off-speed again, he gets the strike there. Glaber turns, says, I kindly disagree, but all I can do is smile and swing at the next pitch. Hope you have a good day, Blue. And off-speed again, pokes that through the outfielders. Now watch what happens here. A beer can gets thrown at Mercado. Just one beer can. Now we're not in left field. These aren't those kids over there. This is just brand new people. The Yankees win and they throw a beer can. Now maybe they weren't aiming at him, but it came pretty close to him. So on the bottom right, you have the Yankees celebrating the win. Then you have Mercado picking up a beer can. Another one comes at him. He catches it. He's fighting with fans. Yankees are celebrating. Beer cans are raining down. It's a weird scene. It's a bad scene. Bunch of asshole Yankee fans throwing beer cans instead of celebrating. We're not talking about like two fans throwing empty beer cans. We're talking about there's like 20 beer cans plus that end up on the field and water bottles that are full that aren't like, and these umps going to get hit right here. 
by a beer can in the back that had beer in it and then a water bottle that has water in it bumps. It's just, it's bullshit. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's, don't throw shit at players or on the field ever. But to do it after you win is just pathetic because what did you buy the ticket for then? What are you there for if your team wins via walk-off and you and like 30 of you throw beer at the other players? You're just... And then we got another loser here going after Mercado. You suck. You suck. You suck. His wife is grabbing his arm like, stop, stop, stop. You suck. You suck. And then he's going to go with the L on the forehead, takes off his hat to make sure he can see it, and he's going to start screaming, L. L. Loser. God damn, you are what you are accusing them of being. If you use these hand signals non-ironically, it is so embarrassing for you. Just pathetic. And then look at this. This dad is like grabbing his daughter because it's a scary scene. So look what these assholes are doing. If you're one of the assholes that threw beer, look what you did. You almost you hit a girl, and now the dad's got to protect her, and she's scared, and that's the scene after a fucking walk-off win of the team you went to see. And they keep going. Now Rizzo comes out. Cole comes out. Rizzo goes straight to Mercado, probably says, you good, you good, you good. Cole goes and tries to help out. Judge and Stanton go to right field to try and get the fans to stop. Glaber's like, my, my moment's ruined. Pinch it, walk off, you dicks. And they're like, stop, stop. What are you doing? G's like, that's not cool, guys. It's so easy to not embarrass the rest of your fan base and not embarrass sports fans and not be a fucking dickhead or a loser. It's really easy. Step one, don't do the pussy sign or the L on the forehead sign unless you are 12 or under or living in 1990 to 2000. Step two, don't root or clap for an injury. Step three, don't throw shit at the players. I hope all of the people that threw something are never welcome back to Yankee Stadium. The Guardians, everything falling into place. Ten runs on 13 hits, big-time offense, and big-time pitching from Garrett Cole. Let's start there with Aaron Boone and Meredith Morakovitz leading off. Aaron, what did you take away from Cole's outing? Uh, it, was, it was good, really good to see him, you know, get deeper into the game, too. And um, I thought got into a pretty good rhythm there where he's – his fastball lanes were really good. The cutter was a big pitch for him today. And, and as much as teams, you know, sell out to try and take away his heater, I think that cutters can continue to be a weapon for him. Um, I thought as he as he got going, though, I thought the cutter played a big role, but also just really driving in that fastball lane. Then then he can work the slider off of that. Mixed in enough curveballs, too, to kind of a change of pace for him. So a little bit of everything today, really efficient. Um just good to see him go out there and set the tone for us. It's so early in the season, but given that he did struggle the, the first three times out, just how badly did he need to have an outing like this to get himself back on track? Um, I, I mean, you know, I haven't been kidding when I said I, I, I think it's about to pop, and I think he's really close. Um, you know, I thought he was more aggressive in the zone today, which then allows him to, you know, 
you know, g- gain that leverage more often and then pitch off of that. So, um, you know, I mean, we need them. We we need them to be good for us, obviously, this year, and and that's the expectation. So, um, and I'm glad it happened today. You've also been very confident this, that this offense would would come together. Obviously, put up a big number today. What was the biggest difference from that regard? DJ at the top was really good, uh, kind of setting the tone for us. Obviously, Rizzo getting us off there in the first inning. Uh, I don't feel like we've scored a lot in the first inning. So to get a two ball right out of the chute and then, you know, kind of Garrett takes it from there and we're able to add on, you know, take advantage of some funky plays out there. Um, but everyone kind of having a hand in it was, is always nice when, when, when a lot of guys, but I think, I think DJ today at the top really set the tone for us. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs> 